Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we're being potentially infected by Jameis Wilkes. You'll see why in a moment. Jameis Wilkes has been working as an artist, writer, ghostwriter, and editor since 2003, providing those services on a freelance basis whilst engaging in his own fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and publishing ventures. He currently serves as co-chairperson of the HWA's Colorado chapter and is also a member of Denver Horror Collective. Welcome to my nightmare, Jameis. Thank you for having me, Josh. It's uh, good to talk to you again. I was thinking about the last time we talked in a, a podcast context. Um, the world was completely different. There was. But, uh, was yeah. Physically in person and everything like that. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, so folks may be aware. I hope that on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror creators, mostly authors, to talk about an aspect of biological horror which I define as living creatures' vital processes and in some way potentially relevant to their writing. For this episode, we're talking about the, the Rona, the, the Kovskis, uh, COVID-19. Why are we talking about that topic, Jameis? Well, we're talking about it because I uh, tested positive for it this past Sunday night and uh, tested positive for it again this morning. So I got the COVID and I've still got the COVID. COVID has you. You got the COVID, the COVID has you. Yeah. So you're, you're a celebrity. You're a a live infected person. I thought what (laughs) to take advantage of your suffering by having you on the the podcast to talk about aspects of it, how it might tie into writing wherever the episode goes. I mean, everyone knows about COVID. Obviously there's, there's not going to be any PSA here, but let's let's talk about like the the symptoms of it like what it what it feels like for you because it's really different for everybody so what what have been some symptoms throughout the week how did it kind of start onsetting that kind of stuff absolutely and i'll I'll, um i'm sure it goes without saying but i'll issue the the disclaimer you know i uh, uh please do not take my statements as uh ways to treat covid <laughs> you know all, all those disclaimers you see on the vitamin bottles you, you could take that and copy and paste me and in, in covid into that um i would uh yeah sunday interestingly enough i am working on a, a horror movie project with a, a friend um is we're doing kind of a micro slash zero budget uh, film project and uh, he was wanting to bring me on board. And so um, it was actually two of my friends, two really good friends, uh, a few a few years ago, if a few means way back in 2015, which seems like a long time ago. Uh, we put on Colorado Horror Con together. And anyway, uh, what we've decided to do now to sink our time into is a, a horror movie. Long story short, uh, these two guys had been working on this project years and years ago, long before I came into the picture, and uh, they wanted to bring me on board. I tell that story just to say that when they were showing me some footage on Sunday night, I was sitting there, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then it was really without warning, hmm. no scratchy throat, nothing. I just, 
all of a sudden got this chill, um, almost like I got, you would get a electric shock. <laughs> and it was the, and I, I recognize it as, I don't normally feel this kind of thing unless I'm kind of flu like symptoms or, you know, something like that. And normally I have a, a little bit of a forewarning, you know, like my, the, the head will be a little hot or, you know, uh, some kind of headache or achy feeling, none of that none of that it, it um it came on pretty sudden and it got so severe that i i had to go out to my car i i put a, a sweat jacket on sat back down with these guys and it occurred to me okay i might have something and i need to leave now and <laughs> so um i uh said sorry they i think they they thought i was um kind of just try to get out of the situation <laughs> and uh, until they they knew for sure that i had covid later you know they thought i was just trying to weasel out of this project but what what happened was i, I came home told my um, spouse about it told michelle and she she's pretty been pretty vigilant about um any kind of symptoms around here it's like headache or i take a covid test <laughs> you know and so um took a test and it positive uh, the first time in two and a half years since this whole uh, pandemic started you know it's at least that I know of um, mm -hmm. as far as um, having COVID and uh, so immediately began to isolate um, was not a great night um, I happen to have a, a pup who has a, she's got some neuro issues and uh, she was having seizures that night because of the, the fireworks situation. So mm -hmm. needless to say, I was mad at the world and just mm -hmm. saying, fuck you to the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, um, the chills got progressively, uh, worse. Couldn't really get to, to sleep that well that night. And then, um, a uh, little by little, the cough came in and, uh, I would say the most severe thing about my whole COVID experience, uh, I was able to shed the chills by Wednesday, Wednesday night. Uh, this cough has been horrible. It's mm -hmm. been the worst cough that I've, I've ever had. And it's been a combination of like the dry, uh, unproductive cough. And then just suddenly, you know, the, the worst, uh, as far as the, <laughs> to get into too much detail. Well, I guess that's the point of this show is that we're yeah. going to get into details, just the worst sputum that you could imagine. And as I thought at one point I, I coughed up my lungs and I was looking at my lungs and, and that's, of course, that's how you feel, you know, when you're in the middle of this and sweating and just, you know, trying to, you're miserable and trying to get to sleep. Um, but I will say that, you know, it's, it did seem to at some point the cough got productive and I actually began to get relief um from it if i would just uh, go ahead and let go ahead and let nature take its course and i i felt like i had gotten too far along to really kind of seek out any antivirals um, and also that's something new to me I, i'm going to confess i don't know that much about the the new antivirals that they have for covid or maybe they they're ones that they've had for they've used for others and i just don't um my knowledge on antivirals virals is not good and so mm -hmm. i thought well it seems like i'm getting better you know thursday this is thursday this is happening it seems like i'm getting better i don't want to take the opportunity for somebody else to get um i 
I've been looking at this whole pandemic as like a supply and demand type thing. It's like, okay, if somebody else needs these, I don't need them because I seem to be on the upswing. <clears throat> and uh, so, and these sentences that I've spoken right now without coughing, that's the longest I've been able to go without coughing for at least a week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's, here's the way I think about all this. I mean, first of all, it's a bummer that you're, you're feeling sick, but uh, eventually it seems to be coming for everyone or over and over again. We'll, we'll see what the world brings, but so three main symptoms there. So you talked about chill, insomnia and coughing. And so I just, I think about, you know, in horror, right. We write about things that might be just gross on the surface or uncomfortable on the surface, terrifying. So anything like a chill, you know, that's an unpleasant kind of thing, being cold, insomnia, not being able to sleep. That's very psychologically upsetting. That's the time where we want to rest and regenerate our cells, whatever. The cough, that's very unpleasant and, you know, hard to breathe. And then the whole productive versus unproductive cough, all that stuff. But I almost, I tend to think, I'm like, okay, what, what could be like, the symbolic aspects of, you know, so a chill, right? Like a, a chill, I mean, the chill goes up your spine. So that's a, that's a thing in fear. Um, but like, I wonder what else, like, how else could that be mined and cultivated in a horror story? Like, like the, a chill, like what are your thoughts just on, on the feeling of like having a chill and how that could be exploited in horror or how has well, it for me, most of my life, when I experience a chill, um, it's very hard to move without feeling those shutters. Like you can get in bed, you can get all settled, you're feeling warm and doing good. And then you, you know, you thirsty or something like that. And you go to reach for something and bam, you get, you get hit with that, um, chill. So it, it's got a very paralyzing, effect and so it reaches a point where i don't want to do anything so i, I try to I try to do all the things that are going to cause that chill all at once that way i can just settle and just be rock still and i think in horror you know that's um there's just a direct parallel with um when that fear comes when that slasher comes when that monster comes when the ghost um shows up there is that paralyzing feeling because you don't want the worst feelings if you move or if you found out, you mm -hmm. know, or um, if that lands on you like a, a ton of bricks. It got to the point where I was just like, I, so if I have to choose between the cough and the, I'll choose the cough any day, I'll choose a chronic cough. I just don't want to feel that, that chill again. So for me, you know, it's, I'm just, and then, of course, the word chill, you know, right on the nose uh, with, with horror. But uh, that's pretty much what happens to me is I don't I don't want to move. It's, yeah. it's, par it's paralyzing. And uh, that directly translates to horror really well. So. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think about. So I don't know the physiology of why. Why do we why do we shiver? Because it can be like you go from shiver to chills to um being too hot but if is that actually your body temperature like neither of us are scientists or doctors but do you know just in terms of like why the body is doing chills at all it probably has has something to do with that 
internal thermostat going yeah. hay- haywire um in the the body simply not knowing what to do and so it's it's it, I, it may have a it may be like a rebound effect you know or or um, some kind of whiplash effect i i don't know like i said i'm not <laughs> i'm not i haven't really studied the chill so I, this makes me want to study it um i do know this one um and this directly ties into it i uh I had reached a point where I had exactly what you were describing. It's like your head is burning up, but yet your body Mm -hmm. is cold. And so the way that I found for the first time in my life and dealing with a chill, the way that I found, I found my way around that uh, and other people probably done this for years. And they're like, well, yeah, of course, but I had to find this out on my own was I had just like this narrow ice pack Mm -hmm. um, that I had strapped to my head and that gave me tremendous relief but I was still in chills and so I had this blanket and still had the top of my head the top of my head you know still felt um cold Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was it seemed like right here is where it felt like it was burning up and ready to just kind of split my skull open and start spewing lava but um I was I remember I was bound up like this and it was very much like a corpse you know in a you know it was you know i was in my bed like that and i had this thing strapped to my head and i was just i was just kind of waiting for any moment to like stand completely erect like nosferatu you know or something like that it was i remember at that point i was feeling my worst and that was the most comfortable position i could get myself in Hmm. interestingly enough was very much like a you know, like a corpse, what's, what's probably going to be my last position, <laughs> depending on how I, I exit this world. So yeah. um, a little bit of a preview there, but I thought, uh, man, if I, if I can't find this balance, you know, between my head and, and getting the rest of my body warm, I, I, I just don't know that I'm going to get any kind of rest. Well, I finally found that balance. It was just this you weird, almost, you know, having to freeze my brain and then every other part of my body even up to my eyes just being covered with a, a blanket so, interesting yeah. well so we'll talk about the inability to sleep in a second but so i went on to health.com and then it says very helpfully the most likely explanation for why you have chills is that you're cold like oh well that's <laughs> very helpful but then it does go into some other stuff talking about fear and anxiety of course driven by the autonomic nervous system that controls the involuntary action. So the beating of your heart, but then they do say uh, chills that you're about to get sick from virus bacteria, muscle shaking triggered by chemicals loosened from organisms invading the body or your own protective cells that fight off infection. So, but that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I've have worked as a science writer, but I'm also a horror writer. So like, I want to take, I want to know the gist of it, but in horror, we, in fiction, we do a lot more. So it's like, we'll, we'll take these things and we'll use them as we see fit. And then we'll bring whatever symbolic meaning we have into it. So I, I don't, I don't think it matters as much what the direct science is just depending on how we want to use that. But uh, yeah, when I think of freezing in nature though, right. So it's like a deer, it just, it freezes, which you would think in many cases, that's a very bad reaction, but in others, I guess if you're not going to be seen, right? So I don't know when, 
when a deer freezes is <laughs> i don't think it's literally cold so that's that's more of an analogy right but that's yeah. just the stuff i think about <laughs> no it, it it is i mean um we constantly use that phrase um freeze yeah freeze or you know I'll it's you it was that. an event that that freezes the blood and anytime that phrase is kind of used um i actually first go to my mind goes to um these survival stories of people being trapped in the cold um you know what what they had to, ones that made it obviously can talk about what they what they did to to help them make it and uh especially lately when i hear that word freeze i think of this one story where this guy had his luckily had his dog with him and um he he had gotten so cold he got to the point where he was just immobile but his dog just laid on top of him and that's mm. what kept him alive was their mm -hmm. their mutual body heat mm. kind of kept each other alive and as the rescuers were picking him up the dog refused to leave the top of his body and so here you see him on the stretcher and then there's this big mm. old german shepherd stretched out across his. so anytime somebody says freeze you know i think of that that survived you know these people who've you know, I, in fact, I think there used to be a TV show called I Shouldn't Be Alive. And, you know, all those all those stories, those crazy survival stories is what I think of. So. Yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely uh, something that can be mined a lot in our fiction. Let's talk about <laughs> coughing. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned hacking. So obviously, so there's the this so our listeners are, are used to this by now. So, yeah, like unproductive like that's almost the worst cough it's like when you just nothing happens basically the cough it's trying to get fluid up right it's like the lung right. of fluid and or their irritation i believe it's a combination of both and then productive you're actually getting the crap up and that's like finally because that's it's doing its job right and you're healing i guess at that point yeah and it's um um also i um you know getting back to the gory details i had to find out the hard way um as far as uh coughing into my hand um that i probably wanted to have something ready yeah sure. whether whether it be a tissue you know or something and because i yeah quite a few times there was a, a dry cough but then other times it's like oh okay that was a surprise and uh yeah um what was funny is when that happened, I kept thinking of uh, Jurassic Park, that one, that one dinosaur that they actually, you know, would cough up its, its sputum or whatever, you know, and it was like a, a had its venom in it. And that's what it used to paralyze the, uh, the Nedry character, which that, that was a much more graphic scene in the, in the book uh, than it was in, in the film. And uh, what's funny is I had a nightmare uh that night about actually you know um uh, doing that to someone who was attacking me <laughs> so it's like um anytime i've been sick and you know there's we in fact we it's where we get the phrase fever dream you know from you know it's, uh -huh. it's your brain is just going crazy you know especially in your your sleep state and in that dream, you know, delirium or, or whatever, I, I was just, I was looking for anything that I had. The first thing I did in that dream, you know, was I just, you know, just this, yep. uh, spewed at this, uh, and it, I was successful in my dream. So it works. Well, there are creatures that do that, the spitting cobras, and there are some other 
animals that definitely do that. So, I mean, it, it would work in terms of COVID, I guess. It would just take a little longer. You wouldn't be able to stop a direct attack. It'd be like, oh, I cough on you. And then, you know, six days later, four days later, <laughs> maybe yeah. incapacitated. But, yeah. but the, I mean, it's thought that the viruses now, you can't ascribe consciousness to them per se, although I don't know. But basically, I mean, I did write a whole novel where it was this thing about called virus conscious when you under basically these people who worshiped viruses as gods, but no one, no one wanted to publish that like 10 years ago. They're like, that's too crazy. A pandemic. That's stupid. And uh, whatever. But the, that is the mechanism for the virus getting out into the world. Like it, it wants you to cough. Like that's what it wants you to do. Coughing and sneezing and things like that is its way to, to spread. Of course, with breathing just spreads it too but that that cough helps extra much i remember even it was like seven years ago or something like that and i was about to go on a big trip and i was walking downtown in boulder and then there was a kind of like this little play area and there was a, a mother had the baby kind of on her shoulder and the baby was kind of looking at me i passed right by and it coughed right in my face oh. and and i did i got sick uh you know, three or four days later with the worst cough I ever have. Those baby coughs are fucking death. But uh, anyway, so another thing that ties into like the spread of it, I just thought worth mentioning when I was studying viruses years ago was there are studies that show that people who are infected currently with the flu, it was, they were talking about, they have an impulse to be more social, like it does something to the human brain where you get sick with it. You don't really consciously know. You're like, I want to hang out with my friends. I don't know why. And that's a, if that's true, that is pretty fucking devious that the virus has hacked our brains to like make us deliberately go out there and spread it. So I don't know if it's true or not. It, it makes sense. I, I want to say it makes sense. And um, again, I'm not a, a scientist, but it seems like the more that we discover how things work in the evolutionary process it, it, i want to say it makes sense to me that a, that a virus um you know when you're given a, uh, so long to develop um right and viruses probably more than anything on this planet as far as adaptability um, um if they're able to adapt you know at a, at a accelerated rate that it seems like that, like that would make sense. Yeah. Um, oh, that story of you and the baby, you know, that's, that's just a great, I love the idea of a virus actually possessing a child and causing it to cough on you. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that it's like a virus um, almost, it may not have a consciousness. So it shares the human consciousness and is able to work with it and adapt it um uh, that would be a good that would be an interesting angle uh primarily because i don't want repeated nightmares from thinking that viruses are able to develop their own intelligence <laughs> so. well a theory that i was playing with in my novel that i wrote that you'll never see it anyone because no one no one wanted to publish it but basically um is that humans are the viruses evolved humans to have a transportation mechanism basically so like that's sure. just we're just there everything we create they're like 
oh, a nightclub. It's like a nightclub is they, they wanted that, right? That's not for yeah. us to have fun. That's not really why it's there. And, uh, and we, we kind of are viruses. Like we have all, I mean, we're made up of our gut bacteria, all these sorts of things. The vast majority of microbes are either completely harmless or beneficial to us. It's a tiny percentage that's actually negative parts of our, you know, our organelles, which are basically, or like mitochondria, which basically they think we're kind of captured kind of microbes inside our body. Our gut flora is even supposed to affect our personality. It's, it's crazy. Once you start looking to any, I kept coming up with like these crazy, like things that I thought I'd put in the book. I'm like, what if this, and then, you know, what if, I don't know, all life evolved from the, and then you look up the science are like, well, that's actually what we think is, is all life did, you know, evolve from the bacteria. And like, what if blah, 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 the science tends to be, yeah, like was crazier than anything I could come up with fictionally. And anytime I thought I came up with an idea, no, it was just actually science that already exists. So it's, well. but I, yeah, it's fascinating stuff, but I want us to also talk about, so insomnia, because like you, you're chilled, you're sick. And yeah, you can't sleep. The sleep is the thing we need to heal and to just like not go crazy. And that your body is like, no, I'm not going to fucking let you do that. And I mean, there's a Stephen King novel called Insomnia, right? Or something like right. that. Yeah. So let's talk. A, why, why does insomnia suck so much? Insomnia sucks. At, well, for all those reasons you stated, you know, the, the body needs to, to heal. Um, there's also, there was a way that actually that, that sleep worked against me this week. And uh, here's what I mean by that is um, it seemed like those periods where I was asleep for an hour or so. Um, I didn't have that much. Um, uh, I still had like the coughing and hacking to deal with, but it's um i was able to get it under control um in a much shorter amount of time than if i had gone for a longer time during my sleep it was like then all these fluids are building up you know in your sleep and then it's just nightmarish even just trying to take in you know one breath and so it actually worked out better for me to to be able to catnap well the, the problem is is you have to to catnap a lot because if you're used to these uh normal uh sleeping cycles um then your body wants to do everything that it can to get back to that right. um also i had to get on a little bit of a schedule and be awake at certain times because um during this whole process uh my spouse got sick um mm -hmm. we it didn't matter we were very careful with all of the protocols, but a couple of days later, she, she came down with COVID. Yeah. And uh, so um, in order to help her out, I needed to be awake at, at certain times. We, we've got a, uh, almost a zoo level number of animals here in the house um, uh, to take care of. And uh, so staying awake during those times, then you're, you know, you start start getting irritated and in fact I, I recall in that that very story you were talking about with Stephen King um you know he was trying to fight it with uh, just standard sleeping pills and most mm -hmm. sleeping pills in reality are just antihistamines and so uh -huh. those do those do other things to your 
your body that you may not necessarily need at that time. Um, I do take antihistamines, but for not for a reason, you know, those reasons. And, and also we've developed enough in our antihistamine technology where they've got them to, to not cause drowsiness. But anyway, uh, to belabor the point is I remember this character in that Stephen King book, he was getting, he wasn't getting deep enough sleep. And we have all the science saying, look, if you're not, if you are not hitting that zone where you are in deep, you know, REM sleep, you're going to start having trouble, you know, health-wise, um, especially mental health-wise. And uh, so, yeah, insomnia sucks. COVID sucks. This this week, uh, this week proved once and for all to me that COVID does indeed suck. I can tell everyone that it sucks. COVID sucks. That's official, mes- official message. Uh, luckily, <clears throat> this, these strains seem to be weaker for most people, you know, still hundreds of people are dying every day, but that's less typical. And there is, of course, the long COVID stuff. But I found this article on Desiree.com that has 98 COVID symptoms. And I'm not going to read the whole list, but I'm just going to read through a few that might be weird. So we know the ones fatigue, muscle aches, all these, you know, headache, sleeping, anxiety, memory problems, dizziness. Um, So diarrhea, you're like, what? Why would that? tachycardia I don't, oh that's heart uh shit hair loss well for you and i whatever yeah um so blurry vision so sadness that's a very what are your symptoms well sadness <laughs> it's like yeah you're, you don't get to hang out with people and you feel like shit you should probably be sad um uh let's see oh changing symptoms is a symptom that, that seems a little half-ass here uh weight gain um dry eyes a rash, floaters, thirst, uh, tinnitus. That's always fun. Weight loss. So you can get weight gain and weight loss, maybe both, uh, peeling skin. Let's see what else is fun here. Phant- phantom smells. Now that sounds like a horror story to me. Um, let me know if any of these, you've had any of these, what about costochondritis? I don't even know what that is. Uh, bulging veins, jaw pain, a few more here goiter that's not fun foot pain the covid toes that's apparently pretty popular dandruff come on man uh everything it's like literally everything or it could just be like uh or uti well that's a fun one too and then uh, this is probably the best one personality change like what is that i i th- i mean the thing is like everybody almost everybody has covid multiple times so like at some point somebody on covid who has COVID is going to have experienced one of these things. They're like, well, it's a symptom. It's like, well, I don't know, like 4 billion people have had it. I, I think, I don't know if any of those are, all of those are legitimate symptoms, but. Well, and it's, it um, might've been something starting to show up in somebody's life, you know, right. when COVID hits. So right. um, yeah. What's interesting is you mentioned the, the jaw pain. I re- I that first, uh, uh, it wasn't Sunday night. It was Monday, Monday and Tuesday when I, I really felt the, uh, the crappiest and, hmm. um, that typical flu joint pain that you get, I've, it was more pernicious this time than it's ever been with, with other times that I've had the, the flu or, you know, been hmm. bedridden where you're just like, okay, these, my joints, 
they don't just ache they actually hurt you know when i i try to move and i remember trying to speak to my spouse i remember having my my mask on and i remember it actually hurting my my jaw to speak and so i was like and i, I remember telling her i'm i'm gonna stop speaking because it it hurts my jaw to do so so. yeah it seems there's and there's a lot we don't know about this stuff but uh it's gonna be around for a while and uh, i i think learning about it and i think there's a lot of pandemic fiction including stuff that i've written before and maybe even after but i think the the physical symptom stuff i think is worth looking into in terms of fiction and especially since this is something now that the vast majority of people will have experienced you know some people are like oh i don't want to fucking hear about that and it's, but i think i think there are things that can be done with with this stuff which is why i mean i just have a general interest in all sorts of things biological but i think i don't know hopefully listeners if you got anything out of this uh let us know if you have any got any inspiration about a story you want to work on about how awful or awesome coughing is what about a story about coughing being awesome like just it being an ecstatic fun experience i don't know there's a lot of uh thing but james really glad you could come on uh but before you go tell us what you might be working on and where folks can find your work uh, well, I'll start with where you can find uh, my work. If you go to Amazon and just do a very simple search for Jameis Wilkes, J-E-A-M-U-S, um, I'm easy to find on Amazon. And interestingly enough, I've got a short story available there uh, for download, Our Last Waltz. Um, it deals with a guy who um, he, he comes down He's got some kind of virus that um, some kind of cold that's not making him feel that well. And it's only my best description is it's only in a delirium state with that fever that he's actually able to um, finally confront some grief um, that he's been experiencing. Huh. Um, it just kind of has to lead him down the, the path of hallucinations, which is where the, the, the horror comes in. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's, there's a little more to it than, oh my God, it was all, it was all a dream caused by, by a virus. There's a different element that, you know, it, it kind of steps into. Um, so anyway, that's there. You'll find, uh, my other work, uh, the current thing that I'm, I'm working on right now. Um, and it's in some sense, it's a pandemic story because obviously I came up with it, you know, uh, during the pandemic kind of been rolling around in my head for years, but the pandemic kind of helped it come all together. Um, working on a graphic novel titled 13 Dead. And uh, it's, I've always been fascinated with cults and um, cults and religious movements. And uh, it's interesting how they behave very much like a, a virus does, uh, especially in their communication and uh, uh, some of the some of the quote unquote side effects and, and symptoms um, of that. Um, I think there's a lot to be said as far as the correlation between uh, uh, religion and, uh, and viruses, whether people want to hear that or not. <laughs> so. I agree. I agree. That was what my, that was what my novel was about. It was, yeah, it was a cult that worships viruses as, 
as their gods and there is definitely a lot to to mine there and i also like how so your story is almost the other story it's like catharsis through sickness in a sense right like the sickness takes you into yeah he just uh um and i'm not giving anything away from the story he's just not able to make that that step into dealing with uh something very painful that happened to him in his past until um, he gets into this delirious state um, caused by a, uh, a virus and we don't know if the stress brought on the virus or if the virus brought on the, the, the stress and that's where all the ambiguity the horror in that story comes into so Cool. That sounds great. Folks should check it out. People are like, how is he going to tie this all back together? Well, we just did. So (laughs) thank you so much, Jameis. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Josh. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great and sometimes disturbing weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.